like sound advice or whatever. It's like comics, conventions, and cosplay or whatever. It's like ladies night or whatever. It's like wrestling or whatever. It's like parenting or whatever. It's like anime or whatever. It's like spiritual warfare or whatever. It's like great friends, awesome people coming around doing what we do best or whatever. You should watch, listen, and follow or whatever. It's like a podcast or whatever. Welcome back, heroes. to another episode of Lemon on the Edge. I'm your host, Lane Lemon. Uh, with me today, I have my buddy Dave and Kellen. Dave, how you doing today? Doing excellent. How are we doing today, gentlemen? I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be back. The most exciting time of the NBA calendars here. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> the most exciting time of the NBA calendars here. <laughs> So we just got done with the um, – we're a little late on – we did the preview show for the finals, and we're a little late on the post show for the finals. So we're going to skim over the finals and really get into the juice of uh, what's going on right now, and that's uh, free agency. But obviously, as you all know by now, um, the, the Raptors beat the Warriors in six to, to win the NBA finals. Um, first NBA finals for the Raptors, Kawhi Leonard – putting the team on his back um let's give some credit to drake too man drake did a lot to elevate that team yeah he, to where they got to be you know the sixth guy i thought that was wasn't, i thought that was a make-a-wish guy <laughs> well it might have had something to do with him too but the sixth guy he stayed out of oakland <laughs> and that's what brought toronto to championship that's true that's true he didn't curse he didn't uh, bring his curse with him so I heard that he was asked not to come to Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, why? They, probably. Maybe. I heard the NBA said, so I think literally NBA officials reached out and said, don't come to Oakland because it's going to cause too much chaos if you uh, show up there. Yeah. That makes sense. Just a rumor, though. Those hot rumors on Lemon on the Edge, you heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the text probably got sent out by certain people. Don't show up. Don't come to Oakland. I mean... <laughs> Those are probably threats, though, not texts. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations to the Toronto Raptors and their achievement. First, first time that they've won their first NBA title. Bought a first time NBA title winners on that team. Congrats, Jeremy Lin. Congrats, Siakam. I mean, you, you got to give you got to give it up to Lowry. And also Gasol throughout the playoff uh, series, and Van Fleet stepped it up uh, within the, the Eastern Conference Finals and played on a high level within the NBA Finals too, as well. Yeah, so. that whole team played on the high level during the finals. It was in, it was insane who was stepping up when right. 
and that's how you win championships uh, in all different types of sports. Uh, you got to step up against your opponent, who sometimes could be the king on the block, and that's what happened in the, this year. So it's very exciting. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, definitely, and and you look at a team like Toronto, and you think about this during free agency, how every, there's a lot of moving parts and whatnot. This Toronto team was really built through trades more than it was built through free agency. Um, mm-hmm. You had Marcus all first off. Kawhi was was a trade. It was that he didn't choose to come to Toronto, uh, and then you know you have Marcus all coming over in a trade as well mid season right before the trade deadline. Um, so kind of a kind of an interesting look to see what. What is uh, rising to the top in the NBA? Obviously, the Warriors have been at the top for quite some time, um, but uh, but you know we'll see we'll see how all this player movement and free agency really affects the league. We'll get into that a little bit more later, talking about Kevin Durant and uh, uh, Kyrie teaming up in in Brooklyn and whatnot. Um, but I also, I want to touch on you know Clay Thompson's injury and Kate's injury a little bit more. Um, Kind of how you guys feel about uh, KD? Should he have played? Should he not have played? Is it on the doctors? Who do you think? What do you think about that, Kellen? Because to me, you know, beforehand it seemed like the games leading up to it, everybody was like, "Oh, KD has to play. It's the finals." If they, especially if they go down or lose one of the first two or something like that, he has right. to come back and play. Everyone was saying that, and then he came back, and then all of a sudden something bad happens and everybody is playing Monday morning quarterback saying, Oh, why you, why did you play him? Why, why are you playing? Not healthy. What's your take on that? And then anyone who, if anyone is at fault, I think uh, my opinion on this changed from uh, the days, the day of the injury up until now, because um, I was really of the belief that, uh, that Katie wanted to be out there no matter what I was. I was definitely convinced that he's like, oh, it's game five. I mean, we lose, we lose, but I, I want to go out there and try to help this team. I'm still part of this team. Free agency in here. Yeah, I really felt like Katie was a, par- a part of the process to go out there. And he definitely still had the final decision, obviously. Um, he could have said no. Um, right. But just with everything that's come out, especially after, uh, I mean – you saw the the Warriors owner breaking down after the game, like as they kind of figured out what had happened, and then with what Igloo Dalla went out there and said on the radio when he went to the Breakfast Club recently, talking about his injury last year in the finals that he had a fractured leg and he had a bruise and stuff. It really seems like even with the Warriors changing out their training staff from last season to this season, it really seems like he was he was he was forced out there and. With even the, the Warriors have won three NBA titles from t- 2015 until 2018. And even down 3-1 in this year's finals, they're still rolling out a, a healthy Curry and a semi-healthy Clay because Clay was coming off his injury. Um, it's, it's still his previous injury before he tore his ACL, obviously, because uh, he missed that one game. Right. It, I, I feel like they kind of pushed him, and I'm not saying it was Steve Kerr or anything. I, I, I feel like Steve Kerr's a saint, but who knows? He could have had something to do with it. But um, I, I really just feel like the management. Out. Do you mean they 
encouraged him to play or yeah yeah that's what that's what i'm meaning that not that they forced him to go out there but i mean i think they just they didn't give him all the facts that he needed to know as far as his injury and the chances of him re-injuring it they were uh putting pressure on him to try to help the team being down 3-1 and with the thing about KD that we've learned, especially in his Golden State seasons, he's very sensitive to criticism. So I really feel like if management really started leaning on him about, hey, we want to get you back out there, we want to get you back out there, we want to try to win this title. Um, and then once the sports media in Oakland and stuff got a hold of it, or even national media started getting a hold of it, people saying that he wasn't going to play, he was being selfish and everything – once that started getting back to KD, along with uh, upper management put kind of putting the pressure on him to play, I think he made a kind of uh, ill-advised decision to play. I think it was a, a, obviously a freak accident. Achilles is always a freak accident. It's not like you can force your Achilles to snap, no matter how bad your calf is. But I, I really think that he should have just sat it out. And it was a bad decision on his part to... I know he wanted to be there for his teammates and try to be the Willis Reed kind of hero in the series. And he did end up, the team did end up winning a game. The Warriors did. Um, but at the cost of his entire next season, his career um, coming into one of the biggest, um, probably one of the, maybe the last big years that he's going to be able to get a huge free agent contract. I mean, cause KD is, let's say he's a uh, 30. So he's just signed a four year deal with Brooklyn he was he's literally days away from an offseason where he was going to make this big decision and where he's going to play next and to risk it all for one game is just kind of insane so things well, he made a bad decision I, and everything else and man. that's the it's, thing you can say he got forced out but to me if you're going to sit there and say that you know he was he felt pressure KD feels pre- more pressure from Twitter than he does anything else. <laughs> that's, that's, fact, a, that's what I mean by him being sensitive. Uh, absolutely. Fact, exactly. And that, to me, tells me that, okay, yeah, it's easy to throw the blame on the trainer and on the doctor. I mean, I'm, you know, who's going to say that a calf injury is going to turn into an Achilles tear? I mean, obviously they're in the same part of the body, but – it's the NBA Finals. What else are you getting paid $30 million a year to do? Right. And that's my thought process. First off, he just turned down $40 million extra dollars so he could go where he wanted to. So it's clearly not about the max contract because he had it and turned it down, left a franchise that he could have won multiple more championships with to go do his own thing. And everybody is saying he got cheated out of something. No, he still got to do everything he wanted to do. And that's what bothers me when people say things like, oh, he got he got forced out. Even if that – what are we here to do? We're here to play basketball. And I understand you never want to force someone into an injury. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. But if what you're dealing with is discomfort, but you can still run and you can still play basketball, to me, that's what I'm getting the $30 million for. Mm. I mean, that, that's a that's – a- that's a good point. That's why, like, when everybody started losing their minds the night he tore his Achilles snapped on Twitter and everything, everybody's like, oh, my God, like, the Warriors did this to him. I was, I was leaning more on your side. Like, he made that decision to be out there. He what should be out there. We live in a there. world of overreaction. Can yes. I bring up a, a, another point? Um, no, shut up, Dave. Uh, <laughs> if you guys don't mind. Lane, no, uh, go I'm, ahead. I'm playing. I'm a, I'm a, no, you're fine, buddy. I'm a big injury guy. Uh, that's something I've always been big about when it, when it comes to sports. 
You like going out there and getting injured? No, I love studying, actually. Uh, it's kind of fascinating to me, uh, certain types of uh, injuries to avoid yeah. because of playing sports my whole life. Uh, and torn Achilles, something I've never, ever wanted uh, to happen. It's happened to plenty of people I knew. Um, mm. Kind of had a feeling that when, he, uh, when the injury first happened, uh, I kind of had a slight feeling that they weren't going to be completely honest about what type of injury Katie was going to have, uh, because you don't have to come, you don't have to be honest on the injury report. Uh, we know that from the New England Patriots. We see that within the NFL a lot. Uh, so I just kind of had a weird feeling about that. And the moment he came out there, um, it just kind of felt like there is the pressure of him ring chasing. Uh, the reason why he went to Golden State in the first place, so he can catch up with LeBron. Uh, there's still that sense of who's going to be the best player of the decade between LeBron and KD and other players. Now we're going to have to talk about Kawhi within the mix. So that makes me kind of feel like the pressure was, you can kind of blame everyone in a sense. You can blame ownership. You can blame the trainers. You can blame the coaches. You can blame the fans. But I kind of feel like KD was pressured into playing when he knew what his injury was, which was, I truly believe, was a slight Achilles tear. And uh, I think they probably talked about it privately saying hey you could have the surgery now he may have had surgery he was out for a month and a half we don't know that but that's just kind of one like you know behind scenes closed doors those type of injuries with those type of players because they're Katie's are great so you have to take that type of information so sensitive because they're still playing in the finals he could come back and I think over time we're going to start to see more players be a little bit more careful uh, players like Zion probably um, more, you know, also players within the NFL maybe a little bit more careful. Uh, but luckily, within sports now and sports science, uh, KD should be should come back. Uh, but coming back on the Achilles in basketball is different uh, than say football uh, and other sports just because of the way that you cut. So um, hopefully, but I don't know. It's just kind of come. I don't know. I just feel like that pressure of LeBron James, that, that shatter of who's going to be the great player also is still there. And I think we're going to be talking about that going into this next year, too, with where Kawhi's going to go. Is there going to be another big three? Because, I mean, we have some really good new teams and um, with within the East now. Uh, so Yeah. With player mobility, we're starting to spread out. And now we can transition from, you know, KD's injury to KD's signing. Uh, with with Brooklyn and the Nets. So they went ahead and got him and Kyrie on top of uh, DeAndre Jordan, and the Nets are losing uh, D'Angelo Russell to, right now, the Warriors, but they're saying that he's probably going to get traded away from the Warriors. We just don't know whether that's going to be an offseason move or if they're going to keep him until Clay comes back and have him and Steph run uh, the one-two there in Golden State while Steph's or I'm sorry while Clay's recovered from his torn ACL mm-hmm. um, so what do you think about uh, about the Nets I mean obviously it's, it's kind of a very unique situation when it comes to uh, Kyrie who's going to run the show for a year and then you're going to have Kevin Durant come in are we going to have a don't forget about DeAndre yeah DeAndre <laughs> Jordan he's 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 good, but he's a role player at this point in his career. It's going to be interesting for me to see is if are we going to get a rejuvenated Kyrie that's ready to uh, carry the load and 
keep his shoulders up, his head up, or are we going to and see, you know, uh, a good, well-oiled unit whenever KD is trying to fit himself in, or are we going to see another dumpster fire like we've seen in past years with um, Kyrie in Boston, uh, where we have Kevin Durant, who is an unstable, you know, to me, kind of an unstable player himself mentally, coming into kind of a bad um locker room that people don't really trust each other and, and it's not gelling like you would hope. Um, what do you think about how that's going to work out, Kellen? Um, I'm worried about Kyrie, man, to be completely honest with you. Like, I, I, I took a look at a little bit of his stats. He only played 67 games last year. Um, I know there was injuries, obviously. He uh, had 23 – he averaged about 24 points a game. And we all know what happened. Like, Boston – like, they're supposed to be back. Like, okay, Kyrie's healthy. Hayward's healthy. We're going to roll into the season. The East is ours. We have nothing to worry about. And then by midseason, it's like, okay, everybody, something's going on. They had won enough games to be in contention, but then you start hearing the rumors and stuff going around about Kyrie not being happy. And all of a sudden, like, this same Kyrie Irving, who, well, I don't remember when he said it, but he said something about wanting to be in Boston, like, the rest of his career, like, one of those – statements that was all over the news for weeks saying that he, he came to be out in on Boston. the court he came out on the court pre-game this was in december uh, thank you it's pre-game yeah right <laughs> yeah i'm gonna you know i want to be in boston celtic forever sorry to interrupt but no no i, I appreciate it because i couldn't remember when he said that uh i don't know like my my main concern is can Kyrie one stay healthy enough even with, like even throughout this next season. Cause I mean, worst case scenario, Kyrie goes out there and he gets a major injury and then the Nets are without nothing the rest of the season that that would just be insane to pay all this money to have no, have neither one of uh, KD or Kyrie on the floor. But then Knicks would finally be happy about something. The Knicks would be happy, except they don't have anything to show for it, (laughs) except seeing the 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 Knicks have nothing to talk about right now. No, they they do not. Things would be a shame of themselves. (laughs) Not um, KD because so many. Anyways, that's another story. How you, how you not going to offer KD to Max exactly? <laughs> uh, I, I worry about KD, man, because me and you talked about this on the, one of the very first podcasts we talked about was like right after Kyrie said he wanted to get out of. Um, I'm not worried about KD. I'm worried about Kyrie. Um, Kyrie said he wanted to get out of Cleveland. It was before he did the Boston trade, mm-hmm. and we were both kind of like, "Why in the world would he want to do this?" Because they were like, that was the year after. They have won the championship, but now it's like, I want my own team. And it's like, okay, we've seen Kyrie with the team, and we've seen him with younger guys and the pieces around him, and he failed. And now he moved to another situation where he's going to be without his without KD for a year at least, and he's around a bunch of another, a whole new set of new guys. And then who even coaches the Nets? <laughs> What's that? Who even coaches the Nets right now? Uh, Kenny Atkinson, I think. Okay, see, like, he couldn't work with Brad Stevens, who's considered one of the the brightest young coaches in the NBA. How's he going to work with Kenny Atkinson with all these younger guys? Like, it just seems – there's so many things that don't make sense here for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like the Nets team. I like their young cores, Dinwiddie with Karis LeVert. I think that those are mm-hmm. two potential for future all-stars. Um I really liked more the idea of throwing one superstar in there and keeping D'Angelo Russell, who already had, uh, you know, some chemistry with that core. Got him uh, to the playoffs. 
and really getting if I feel like they, if they could have gotten KD only and worked on their bench a little bit better, um, it might have been a little bit more beneficial for him. Because I agree with you on the Kyrie front as far as he's a little shaky and. It's just with some athletes, until you show me another side of you, I'm just going to assume that's the only, that's who you are as a person. And he has not been successful his entire career except for when LeBron was carrying him. And I mean, by successful, I mean playoff win successful. And yeah. positive attitude successful. And happy and not in trouble with the media successful. He's not been, he's not been that. Callan, you should have been worried about Kyrie once he said the earth was flat. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say something about I mean, his mental went, health. He went to Duke. Like, he went to, I mean. Oh, yeah. And then the, the, how could I forget he's from Duke? Yeah. So that, that are, that's a big red Probably flag. Probably because he played like seven games there. Yeah, I, yeah pretty much. <laughs> it was a very small amount. Because didn't he tear his ACL at Duke, too, or something? Yes, he did. He tore his ACL and he didn't play until the NCAA tournament and then they lost. God, oh man, I, I I think I I I think Kyrie and Katie wanted to play together. I think the Knicks might have been in the picture at one point, but I, I don't. I, does anybody have any theories as to what made them like? Or in fact, does anybody have any theories about how Katie's injury may have affected his decision, and then what maybe? drove them both away from going to New York other than the fact that James Dolan is a crazy person? From what I understand that's kind of what did change it was his injury and I think Kyrie always wanted the Nets but they were always talking about playing together so once the Knicks you know decided hey they're not going to offer me the max uh, or they're not going to offer KD the max Katie just kind of flipped the switch and said, all right, fine, we'll just go to the Nets. I'm a firm believer the Knicks were never in play. Uh, I feel like the Knicks are like the Lakers five years ago where they're just in shambles where, I mean, when Marcus Aldridge walked out of a meeting with the Lakers, I feel like they're they're at that bad level. Now, I've heard some comparisons where James Dolan and the New York, and the New York <laughs> Rangers are doing great. They just signed like, the top free agent in the, in the hockey FA class this year on, uh, you know, they went to NHL finals a couple of years ago. So maybe it comes down to Dolan's not hiring the right type of people when it comes to GM and presidency. And I think, honestly, I think with the Knicks, there's still, I, I really feel like that grave was dug with the Carmelo and uh, Stoudemire contracts. And then with, um, they're still kind of recovering with Phil Jackson leaving. I feel like that's <laughs> still there. That was a disaster. Uh, yeah, it's just I feel like it just takes time within the NBA. I mean, let's 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 look how good it, it. Let's look at like how long it took the Clippers to become even relevant. It took their owner to have a. I mean, besides Chris Paul and their owner's racist phone call, uh, I mean the Clippers weren't a relevant team for ten, fifteen years. So it yeah. took time when teams make mistakes when it comes to the free agency or when it comes to the draft. Um, and that's the thing, like they should have been doing whatever it took to try to trade up to try to get at least the number two pick this year. I mean, you may not get Zion, but you can maybe get the two or maybe the three something. Um, so I don't know. I just, uh, the next man, it's a, it's a dumpster fire kind of just all across the board. So that's why I really feel like, 
KD and Kyrie had no interest in it whatsoever. And this is something that ESPN, uh, the, the mothership, excuse me, excuse me, I shouldn't say ESPN, the, 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 the mothership <laughs> is always going to be talking about because that's just what they talk about. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, Tim Tebow, Brett Favre. Just, that's what they talk about the Knicks. So they haven't been good since, what, 99, 2000? Yeah. The Knicks, they did, they got, they did have the third pick. They got R.J. Barrett uh, from Duke. But do you think they could have traded up and gotten them two somehow? But what would they have to get up to go from to Morant? I mean, I think to me, I mean, some some people say Morant is better than Zion. So I mean, that's to be seen. If so, then yeah, twenty years down the road, you may be correctly one hundred percent correct. Um, but we'll see on that on that route. I mean, the Knicks, we have like you guys, like you just said. There's there's not much to talk about there other than dysfunction, um, so we can really just move on. I thought really kind of an interesting team, and what they did uh, was the Seventy Sixers. As far as oh yeah, they offered Jimmy B the max. Uh, he didn't want to stay, which doesn't make much sense to me. But clearly, he's been sporadic in the locker room to say the least over the past <laughs> months. He looks frustrated at the end of those last two games uh, against Toronto. Obviously. He looked frustrated a lot this season to yeah. be completely honest, even after he got out of Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, there's a frustrated guy. He's He does not know how to control his emotions, in my opinion. I understand being pumped up and being amped and being wanting to play, and if you're in a locker room that doesn't feel the same way, I get being out of one place um, but if you can't seem to be happy anywhere you go, it's more to me a you problem at that point mm-hmm. than it is so much. Uh, and not saying it's always one sided that one person's always right and the other person's always wrong. But um, I think they did still do well enough for themselves. Um, do you think uh, so? So basically, here's the rundown of what they did. If you if you're not privy to it. Uh, they did not. They offered Jimmy Butler the max. He declined. Tobias uh, Harris got the max from them. Uh, obviously, they have Joe Embiid locked up for a few more years. They signed uh, Al Horford to a four-year deal. Great pickup. And, yeah. Uh, also, they are looking. I don't know if they already signed or have offered Ben Simmons the max for four more years. And they also got Richardson. And Richardson in a trade, yes, absolutely. Richardson, Josh Richardson from the Heat, because they ended up signing and trading Jimmy Butler uh, mm-hmm. to the Heat for Josh Richardson. Um, so a new starting five. Uh, can't really say they got worse, because they added two really good players and lost one really good player. Um, so, I mean, obviously, J.J. Redick, a departure, who signed with the Pelicans, um, but an aging, aging shooting guard. Um, another dookie. Another exactly. dookie. Exactly. He, he can team up with Zion. That's right. The two greatest dookies will team up together. <laughs> oh, I just realized that, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was Shane Batty should be the assistant coach. <laughs> right. Hey, be on the lookout. You never know. He probably already is. I just don't realize it. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, what, I mean, I think realistically, we got to look at, at the. Whenever you look at the NBA, the only thing that really matters is the playoffs. Um, so I, I see, you know, I don't know 
if the Sixers, you know, did, are they did they move above the Bucks in your opinion, or or did they get better? Did they get worse? I mean, I, I like the I like the pickup of Richardson. I like Horford. I really like Jimmy Butler. I always have. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, I like his playing style more than his mentality and his off the court stuff. Um, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. It's always hard whenever we there's this much player movement because this has been a huge free agency with so many people playing are moving and switching teams. I remember uh, on Sunday night I was just sitting there overwhelmed, just one after the other after the other. Oh no, it was it was fun, man. It, it was. was. Like, it was like NFL red zone, except for an NBA. <laughs> exactly, it was amazing. Um, so it's it's very tough because I mean, you never know how people are going to mesh and how they're going to play together. Plus, it's an eighty-two game season of you know people people doing load management now. So half the people don't even play three fourths of the season. Right. So load management's the reason that Kawhi was so Kawhi in the playoffs. I yeah, he have had to the, say. He had the, you know, yeah, he had the energy. Which, why not? You see guys like the like Clay and KD, even though they, I don't know, about more more KD than Clay took some big games off during the regular season. But I mean, they're getting hurt in the, in the postseason. They're being tired or whatever it might be. It's the new wave. Yeah, it a hundred percent is. Like I, I want to see how many games that uh, Durant played last season. He played. He played seventy-eight games regular season. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, he played. He played the bulk, the bulk of his games. Yeah, I mean that's the most games he's played since uh, Oklahoma City in twenty thirteen. He had eighty-one then, and then he hadn't hit over. He, or I'm sorry, he had seventy-two games in twenty fifteen. Um, but yeah, he hadn't had more than that. That was the most games he played since twenty fifteen this season. You know, and he's then, never scored more than sixty points. I believe it. Yeah, one game. He's never scored more than six. Yeah, he definitely needs to work on that. Maybe he can uh, practice scoring sixty while he's rehabbing. I don't know. Play some two K. I got I got nothing on that one. <laughs> nothing for well, you, Dave. That, but more, it is crazy. He'll have more shots in Brooklyn to take. Especially that's for sure. But long term, how does the Brooklyn free? Aid, like how does that actually play in in a factory within within the next five to ten years within the NBA? Does will this start kind of a new dynasty within the NBA? Because I mean, the Nets haven't been a team since Jason Kidd uh, was there. It's true. It's, I mean, it's true. I mean, it's with the amount of player mobility it is. It seems like nowadays all it takes is someone getting pissed off and mm-hmm. saying, "I I want to trade," and they can get out. So these four-year deals are all great, fine and dandy until, I mean, they're not there anymore. So I mean, I I think it really just depends on the chemistry and how they mesh and how Kyrie matures if he matures um, and learns from his prior experiences. It's a big F. Yeah. So I mean, if he does that, the talent's there. I mean, we know the talent's there, and we know that. You know what? What wins in this league is a dominant scoring three and a good point guard that can get you buckets when you need buckets. That's what wins in the league. That's why Kyrie and LeBron did it. That's why Steph and Le- and KD did it. And you see it. You see it quite often. I mean, Lowry and Kyrie. Kyrie. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean Lowry and Kawhi. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of K names there's floating so, around yeah, right there's now. So many K's. <laughs> Kimba. How would and speaking of Kimba and the Hornets and other small market teams, I mean, we, Boston. <sighs> we can maybe say it. Give us a Celtic. Would 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 you guys say? Uh, I'm going to ask two questions. Um, how how would these free agency transactions? Uh, affect the small market teams within the next decade since we're moving into the 2020s. And also, will the big market teams keep up um, with, the small, with the small market teams? For instance, you got Portland signing Dame. You got the Nuggets re-signing Murray and keeping Millsap uh, for extensions. They're not leaving. Wow. I mean, you think about this, Murray could have left and went to Milwaukee if he right. wanted to, and, and teamed up with um, um, and teamed up with Giannis. And also, I guess my last question would also be uh, for both you guys: How does this affect Giannis? Because I, I guess a lot of experts are saying that Giannis is going to be the the marquee player for the next five to ten years within the league, besides Zion. So, how do you guys see the picture of the actual league within the next? five to ten years with LeBron fading away and you know with the with what we know of you know of basketball we're gonna see something new so um I'll, I'll let me get in here real quickly um I I'm really excited because for the first time it's there's until we figure out where Kawhi is going for sure right the league is kind of wide open and LeBron is su- supposedly fading away but also we know what LeBron's doing now, and he's shooting Space Jam too. And then you kind of, Bunny can't wait. I know, man. And you kind of think maybe in the back of your head, it was kind of like, okay, once the Lakers started not doing what he wanted to do, and then he came back from that injury, and he saw things were coming together, he couldn't get trades done. Maybe you kind of see where he was like, all right, just let me get this beat Michael Jordan for points, and then let me just rest the rest of the time. You kind of see where LeBron just shut things down. I feel like next season is going to be a LeBron James revenge season like we haven't seen in maybe ever um even with Anthony Davis there now like he's had all this time off he's he's taking it easy this summer but he's still in the gym I just saw it on his IG the other morning he's in the gym before he hit the set to go hang out the Warner Brothers characters LeBron is going to come back and probably have one of the last great seasons of his career so I really feel like he has that in him especially with the way this past season went now, with that said, everything's wide open. Um, the Celtics managed to replace Kyrie. They they, they might have even upgraded because obviously Kimba's younger. Kimba has been with a team in Charlotte that hasn't really been very good. I mean, they had a couple playoff runs, like maybe one playoff run with Kimba um, there. But he's been with he's been in the trenches. But he also you never heard anything bad about Kimba. So Kimba he, he always. Favorite transaction of this. Yeah, yeah. He just put his head down and and he took care of business, even in Charlotte. And he like, yeah, he just came out and said like, not even two weeks before he signed the Boston deal that he would take less to stay in Charlotte. (laughs) But I mean, that was the only thing. And it's like, yeah, I mean, and and that's super. I think he's a really good fit for that team with Brad Stevens and with those young pieces that Boston still has. I think they're still dangerous. They remain dangerous even with losing Horford. Um, the Bucks haven't changed, and the only thing that hurt the Bucks is that Toronto was just so good defensively that once they were able to kind of suppose kind of contain Giannis, 
that there wasn't anything else that the rest of the Bucks could do. Bucks lost Brogdon, though. They did lose Brogdon. That's just the only thing I have to say about that. Yeah, they did lose Brogdon. Um, I, I, I just feel like it, it all comes down to Kawhi. Cause I, I, and even if Kawhi lands in Los, with the Lakers, I still don't want to pencil in a Los Angeles Lakers championship next year. I mean, that's what we would all feel like, but it, there's just a lot of options and different things that could happen. Things could implode. Things could come together that we don't expect. There's still a whole season of trade, half a season of trades we got to deal with. There's just so many storylines. I'm just excited to see where it, where it all goes. And I don't think the small markets are going to be affected too much because they always have the draft. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, I think that you, you have your Kimbas, your Jonas's, your Dames that, like you guys have been saying, they they come in and they enjoy their – they get drafted by a team and the team gets a steal and they come in and they love it and they embrace the community and they want to stay their whole career. And then you have other guys like Kevin Durant that come in and they go from one city to another city with the same team and then they don't want to be there anymore and they've now not spent the same amount of – or a long period of time in any place. So it's really about two different types of players. The small market teams are going to affect it in the fact that no one wants to go there in free agency. So that's all you have is the draft. Mm. Teams like teams like the Bucks are going to have the LeBron factor where they have X amount of time to get this person someone to play with and convince people to either draft better players around them or convince other free agents to come help him or Giannis is going to leave. And then that small market has to start over and find the other guy. So it's more about finding a system that works with the guys that you have and the guys that you can convince to come play with you if you want your system in a small market to work. Because it's the fact of the matter that if some guy is going to control his own destiny, he's going to go somewhere where he's going to get noticed. It's a big market. He knows that he's going to be able to market himself in that city and places like Portland and uh, you know, Oklahoma City and Milwaukee, those are not places that people like to live. And those aren't places that have a lot of market, as much marketability as other places. It's really always boggled me why that the Mavericks aren't a bigger, the Mavericks, the Rockets aren't a bigger free agent destination because of taxes. And you don't have, to, you don't have income tax in Texas. Right. But yet they don't seem to get that many big free agents. Uh, that's kind of always baffled me because it's warm weather and everything like that. But that's how it really was going to affect the small market. Um, in my opinion, I mean, in the next couple of years, we're going to have to see whether how the Bucks do next year. Um, because, you know, you look at Giannis, and he is a humble guy, and he enjoys Milwaukee, and he doesn't like the limelight all that much. But he does want to win still. So if you see everyone else around you making moves and, and you know, wheeling and dealing – and you guys are just re-signing the same guys to huge deals that you can't get out of mm-hmm. if it doesn't work out, then why would he come back? So it's really has a lot to do with the Warriors are not a big market. Are they? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's, kind of, it's kind of a big market, but at the same time, Basically, the point I'm trying to make here is that they didn't do it. KD came because of what they already had built. And we've talked about this many times, is that they built something and they put the, the pieces around the guys that they need, that they had already 
to build something that no one could beat or ha could not beat for a long time. And that's the GM and the genius of the, of the sporting world. Thank you, Jerry West. Exactly. That <laughs> you have to understand that it's, out know, it's not all convincing you know, the best player to come to you. It's all, it's more about learning the game and learning what works and learning what beats what. And that's the, that's the art of the game. And until that's mastered, you have the people like the Knicks that think that money's talks more than anything else. When realistically success talks more than anything else. Amen. Well said. <laughs> that's why it's your show. Of, uh, of, uh, this year's, FA draft class. Besides the Knicks. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody but the Knicks. <laughs> um I think the Lakers. Um Well uh, but until we know all right, let's let's not besides Kawhi. If they don't get Kawhi, they're the they're the biggest losers because they waited so long and they really haven't gotten anyone to solidify that lineup that's gonna be worthwhile. Uh Jared Dudley, possibly Kyle Corver. Probably J.R. Smith if LeBron will allow it. Uh, but like those are guys that, yeah, we could see it. I mean, I could see if they mesh perfectly and Anthony Davis just plays like Anthony Davis can. Yeah, that's going to be a dangerous team, but that's not guaranteeing anything. And to me, you could have, I, I guarantee, and that's the thing in this day and age, everyone wants wants what they want and they don't think about what they need. And it's more like the, I feel like they had their eyes set on Kawhi the whole time, just because wow, how awesome would that be? And Kawhi's being patient, unlike everyone else in the free agent class. And it's gonna pretty much coming down to really them or the Clippers, because I don't think the Clippers did too much other than re-sign Pat Bev. Um, not that I saw anyhow, but both LA teams are kind of banking on Kawhi to, to solidify their free agent class. And, um, you, you said that he was, he was waiting, waiting it out and everything. And it, it's definitely a brilliant move on his part because, um, Kawhi is, people are always like, Oh, he's so mysterious and he doesn't smile. He doesn't have fun. What it do baby, you know, all that <laughs> stuff about Kawhi. But, Kawhi is one of the probably the more um the smartest basketball players in the NBA and I don't just mean that on the court like we he he's sent something was wrong in San Antonio he got himself out of there away from and everybody's like why would you leave Greg Popovich and then first season he does he goes to Toronto and it's like why is he skipping all these games and then he wins the NBA championship and another MVP and well, now he got his own doctors in San Antonio yeah, exactly. He got his own doctor staff away from the San Antonio one. And, and sat out for just about a whole year. He played what, four mm -hmm. games, four or five games that one year. Yeah, it was it was really low. Like, I think he came back. He, he might have gotten seven or so. I'm gonna, let me look at the stats because now you got me curious. Right. Uh, one thing I want to mention about Kawhi, though, it's yeah, go ahead. to see not only a human being in general, but – someone of that stature and that wealth and that just in being in the NBA in general that thanks before they speak mm -hmm. and that really yes. thanks and really you know you can tell that the man is thinking everything through whether he looks goofy talks goofy everything else 
he doesn't just run around doing things off a whim. And that's very refreshing to see that, you know, everyone, everyone, I noticed that exact kind of what I was thinking when I was talking about earlier, getting overwhelmed with all the notifications. It's nice to see that, okay, we have a big decision to make. Let's not just jump at the very first big money offer that I get. He played nine games in 2017. Nine games. Yep. Almost made it double digits. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it is super refreshing. And then to see everybody go and make their decisions quickly and everything, who knows what kind of talks is in place and who started talking to who when once the finals is over. Absolutely I get all true. that. Very true as well, yes. But then for Kawhi to be like, you know what, I just won an NBA championship. I'm, I mean, he told Toronto, he's like, enjoy this moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he didn't, he's, he delivered a championship to a city that's never tasted it. And who knows, Lane and Dave, they may never taste it again. Um, and now he gets to kind of sit back and make his decision about where he wants to go. And I guarantee you, whatever deal he signs is going to benefit him some way where he's going to be able to still make another decision here in a few years. To go somewhere else. He's only 28. Right. Yeah. I mean, he looks, he acts and looks like he's 48, but yeah, he's only <laughs> 28. And, you know, it's that, that's going to be interesting to me as well. Yes. The contract is one of the most interesting things about this whole situation, is, is what it's going to be. Um, and that's going to say a lot about the meeting that he has with the team. All right. Fast fire question. Five seconds. Where's Kawhi going? Everyone. Clippers. Toronto. I think he runs it back with a player option. I don't see. uh, I don't. To me, if, if you're a true basketball fan and you have the opportunity, I say Clippers because I just think that's the decision that he started with. I think he's a conservative guy. I think that's where he's going to go. He would get the ma- Would he be able to get the max in LA at the Clippers? I believe so. Yeah, I mean he's the NBA first team, so he's eligible for the max. Obviously, the Raptors can offer more than the Clippers can, but it's more about where he wants to play. And I just think, to me, as a basketball fan, and not as a Kawhi Leonard person, but as a basketball fan, if I'm offered the opportunity to play with LeBron and and uh, Anthony Davis after what you just accomplished. It's kind of like, why would you not do that to me? Why would you not put yourself in that just to be a part of that for the rest of your life? And maybe that's not the type of person he is, which, as we've said, no one really knows what he wants. What is his goal? What is more important to him? Money, location, winning, success, legacy, whatever it might be. No one knows that about him because he is so so, so soft-spoken. So until that's why it's really... A, kind of impressive to me that I saw a notification yesterday that the Clippers and the Lakers are being so hush about their anything about Kawhi because they're afraid if they leak something, he's not going to choose them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is awesome because, like I said, everyone's so overreactive that we can literally, I feel like some stories are made just because they were put out and the reaction was so big that whatever was put out actually did end up happening because of how big the reaction was. I believe that happens in this day and age in social media sometimes. Thanks. What do you think, uh, Dave? My bad, Elaine. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, I think at the end of the day, he's going to take Toronto because of the max contract. 
they already have a structured team that he already knows that he's going to run the offense. Will be around him. It won't be around LeBron. It won't be around Anthony Davis. Siakam's not going to want to show up to practice and say one day I'm going to be the uh, max contract player. Uh, so I feel like he's going to stay in uh, Toronto and take a two-year deal and then wait and see where the league goes after uh, KD comes back and plays one year and kind of see what happens within the league. Uh, and then after that, I mean, I feel like LeBron will probably retire in two years. So the opportunity for him to go play with Anthony Davis at the Lakers, he'll be 30. Anthony Davis will still be pretty young, too, as well. So he can still show up in L.A. Uh, if he wants to. Or if he uh, wants to go play with the Clippers. But it's just, uh, the, the Clippers, if he shows up there, there's really no difference between him playing at the Grizzlies almost. Like It's just like, what team is he playing with? Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's playing with a team that took Golden State six games last year. Yeah, that's with Lou and and everything. But Pat Bev, where where did Pat Bev? He resigned. He resigned. He resigned. Yep. He resigned. Their team is the exact same. The exact same. And I mean, first first off, the difference between them and the Grizzlies and them is location. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, and that's not it because the Grizzlies are kind of trash, but. I mean, the Clippers, they have a good young core. I mean, they have, uh, you know, Gilgis Alexander. They have Landry Shaman, Montrez Harrell, you know, players that have shown some sort of potential alongside of veterans such as Lou Will and Pat Bev. But we're we're in the West, though. We're we're talking you got to be. And they made the playoffs. And they they took Golden State six games. I mean, you're not wrong in the sense that, no, they're not a powerhouse whatsoever. And I think he would. I think if you Kawhi went to Portland, they would win the finals. But no one's going to Portland. <laughs> That's the thing, is he doesn't want to go there. I mean, I think teams like that make more sense for Kawhi, but he's proven that, like I said, I don't know what he really wants. The only thing that he's communicated is, I want to go to L.A. Yeah. And you know, Toronto has been good to him, and Toronto is a good fit, as you just mentioned there about the – the structure around him, and I think you made a great point as far as Siakam not being the limelight-seeking type of player, um, and along with the rest of that team, uh, Lowry's not, Gasol is not. Mm. You know, they're all team players. So yeah, I think they all fit well as a good, great locker room and a great team. So I think the best team fit, a hundred percent, is that or the greatest trio of all time. So why not go to the Lakers? to become one, one of the greatest trios of all time. Yeah. I don't think he wants that, though. <laughs> because he wants to be the guy, yeah. and he wants to be in the place that he wants. That's the only reason the Clippers are are in consideration, in my opinion. That's like, I, I feel like there might have been another reason he got out of San Antonio, because San Antonio is always going to be Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, Robinson. Like, and no one, like... Well, Even if he won, retired after that. No, no, well, not after that. I know, but I was just saying, like, when you think the Spurs, though, you think of those names as far as their history and stuff, unless Kawhi, like, ran off, like, five championships yeah. um, after Duncan yeah. retires. Yeah, Kawhi but, was at the end, but, yeah, it's Duncan and, and David Robinson. I, I feel like he's really big on legacy building and doing it on his own, and 
and really trying to bring that that uh flair to just him being on the court and like he's like i feel like he's anti anti i, I feel like he's anti bit like going to be with other superstars i could be wrong he could sign with los angeles before i even wake up in the morning who knows with the lakers that is um but i, I really just feel like he wants to do it on his own whose roster is better right now uh between the raptors and the clippers between you, you guys to me, the the future roster is the Clippers, but the current roster would be the Raptors. Yeah, the Raptors don't have that many free agents. Like I think, like you guys have said, too, it's a, it's a one in one deal with the Raptors, a one two year deal with the one year player option for the second year, or he signs a max five year or four year with the Clippers because of the, the fact that the future is brighter. So if he stays in Toronto, he's in a good situation. And he has control of his own destiny. If he stays in the Clippers, he's kind of committing to that franchise, to that plan for that team and the future of that team. Well, I want to play a quick little game with you guys before we, uh, before we wrap things up. I'm just going to throw out some random free agent names, and I just want to get some quick reactions to them. So um, free, agent, free agent signings or free agent uh, – just the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the player, Conda. So first one that, comes, that I want to talk about is uh, Boogie Cousins. Well, y'all think y'all think somebody's going to take a chance on him after his season in Golden State that didn't get him a ring? Yes. I think he's going to be a consolation prize for the Lakers. Mm, I, I could see it. I mean, who else are they going to get? They got thirty-two million. You might as well spend it, especially if no one's even going to give uh, Boogie a mid mid-level deal. I'd give him a mid-level deal. Look what he did. He took over a couple finals games for seven minutes at a time. He did. I mean, obviously it's not a large sample size, but I'd take that for a mid-level deal. I mean, you're going to give Willie Cauley Stein a mid-level deal. I believe he's better than him. Uh, Jabari Parker uh, could always be a. Uh... Uh, uh, something the Lakers can pick up. He's a no one signed him at all. No one signed him at all. Really? No, no, he's got nothing right now. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, uh, Rondo's still out there too. He might run it back with the Lakers if they'd have him. He'll be back. <laughs> He'll definitely be back. Uh, Derek Rose signed a two-year deal in Detroit after his revival season in Milwaukee. I mean, uh, Minnesota. You know my reaction to that? What? Uh, don't hurt, don't hurt my heart, Lane. I, I mean, I love D Rose, but Detroit's not doing shit. So, <laughs> exactly, it's the Pistons. I mean, Blake's nice. I mean, I guess if D Rose can get back and stay at twenty a game, then okay, I'll deal with. The, I'll, I'll, I'll say the Pistons will be a six, six seed in the East. If you, t- if you ask me, Derrick Rose with the Lakers with LeBron and Anthony Davis, I'd be excited right now. I would now. be very excited, but because Detroit. None of them mm. will stay healthy. I mean, Andre Drummond has a collapsed lung. <laughs> right. In our video game, but that's not the point. Right, right. Actually, Breaking if, news. If if uh, I'll call it right now, if the Lakers can't solidify a point guard position, for like Derrick Rose or Chris Paul will end up in L.A. before the trade deadline next year. Hmm. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I mean. Realistically, that's a great point as far as Chris Paul because they'd have to take on salary. But who's left? 
if they don't if they don't get Kawhi, they're gonna have that room to they're get Chris Paul. They're gonna have room unless unless they waste it on giving Boogie too much or you don't know. Who's the next player? Uh, Isaiah Thomas signs a one year deal with uh, the Wizards. I mean, at least they have somebody to fit. They traded Sadoransky. At least they have somebody to fill in for John Wall. I mean, I'm excited to see. I mean, Beal needs somebody to score with him. The Wizards, to me, though, I mean, as you were talking yeah. earlier, you feel like it's wide open. I feel like it's wide open, meaning that we've had three teams in contention in the past couple of years. Now we have about six or seven. Yeah, definitely. It's not, it's I don't feel like it's anybody's league. Not right. at all. It's Yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't think either. That's what you're saying. But, like, that's just what I mean is, like, there's teams like the Wizards, the Hornets, the Magic. I mean, they're they're not doing anything. How many teams has Isaiah Thomas been on now? Uh, uh, the Kings, the Celtics, Suns. the Nuggets, the Suns, and the uh, Lakers. Wizards. The, the Cavs. Cavs. Who's, who's on the Lakers? What about the Celtics. Yeah, that's where the the Cavs traded yeah. him to after. Uh, <laughs> oh, he was right. on the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah, he's on the Lakers. Yeah, Cavs traded him to the Lakers. Hmm. Yeah, he, he's been everywhere, man. Because he was, I think he was the Suns draft him, or did the Kings draft him? Kings drafted him. Okay, so Kings drafted him. He went to Phoenix, then Phoenix ended up sending him to Boston. Boston sent him to Cleveland. Cleveland sent him to Los Angeles. <laughs> Los Angeles sent him to um, Denver. Or no, he saw him with Denver in off season last season because yeah. he's a free agent, and now he's uh, going. He's going to be a wizard. Uh, here, here we go. Uh, Enos Cantor to the Celtics from Portland. Joel Embiid is licking his chops. <laughs> so is Horford. Yeah, and so is Horford. I don't know, man. I and saw- maybe Ice too, because I mean, all of uh, Cantor's issues. <laughs> so maybe it's just closer for him to get deported. He said Ice. <laughs> the tetanist. Tetanist. I mean. I think it's it's not a terrible sign. Um, I don't I don't know who else the Celtics really have at center right now. They they traded Aaron Baines. They they lost um, Horford. Uh, they have that guy from Texas A&M, Robert Williams, mm-hmm. who showed some signs there last year. I just watched him play here at the Mountaineer Coliseum. Um, he's a big guy. So I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think I heard that Portland gave Canner about six minutes to decide. Yeah, I read that too. But Portland's <clears throat> Portland's fine because they have Nurkic coming back off, and they traded for Whiteside, so they'll be all right at the center position. That when, especially when the center position is dying. So, I mean, uh, or go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I forgot your name and players. I, I'd say one thing real quick, though. No, it's all Brad, good. Go ahead. I think Brad Stevens' system could actually really help Cantor play within um, this kind of a, a fundamental system. Uh, system. Uh, Portland's team is strictly Dame, Collum, guard centric, get the rebound and put the ball up. In Boston, I feel like they could actually set some plays for Cantor and actually use his athleticism that he can actually create that hook shot. He he can create a shot. So you, you never really know. Um, I, I think uh, there in Boston, he, he could learn a few things, and he won't have the pressure of playing. I mean, he's going to play bigs uh, night, uh, certain certain night, nights within the East, but it won't be like the West. So uh, I th- it could be a good pickup. 
Uh, and we'll see. I, I was impressed for within certain games within the playoffs, but at the same time, he he kind of faded away in big moments, and he let other big men within his team show up within the playoffs and took the limelight in big games. So we'll see. He's definitely will will have to step it up. I agree with that for sure. Um, well, let's let's remember he had a dislocated shoulder during those right, playoffs. Yeah. And that time. was very impressive too, grabbing rebounds with with a. I mean, he could have a torn shoulder mm-hmm. again. Just one of those things with injuries within the league. They'll say dislocated, but it's it's torn, or they'll say sprained, it's broken. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, that's a great point because he is a very fundamental fundamental scorer and a great player. Um, and I, I've always noticed that he's positive and and always been positive um, towards his teammates and whatnot, um, picking them up and you know whatever it might be. So. I think he's going to fit well. Uh, I think Boston's really just going to try and have a rejuvenating season uh, to where they have great chemistry. I think, like you said earlier, Boston's dangerous. Their chemistry was strong when Kyrie was hurt. Then Kyrie came back, and now he's gone. So everyone there is pretty much the same, except except for you know, you know a couple guys have gone. But I think they're really going to try and rally uh, together around Kimba and you know Cantor and the new guys, and really just create a better you know better feel in that locker room. I'm keeping an eye out for Hayward. Yeah, I want. I'm really. I mean, this is, is going to be his second full season back from the injury. I'm I'm really expecting him to kind of return to form. Mm-hmm. They're gonna sleep on him. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Because because I kind of compare it not to say that him and and Paul George are on the same level at all, but I mean they both had devastating foot injuries. And the first two seasons that Paul George came back, one was like at the very tail end, where he kind of came back and played a little. Then he had a, uh, I think he played two more seasons in Indiana before he uh, ended up in OKC, and he was definitely kind of seemed off that that one season where it seemed like he was tentative, and it kind of took him all a year to get back in the groove. And now he's back to Paul I George. I couldn't imagine snapping my leg in half and then trying to plan on it again exactly exactly it's it's a mental thing as much as it is a physical thing so i'm watching hayward for sure so i got one more for you guys and then lane i'll hand the show back to you javon carter is now a phoenix sign what do you guys think of that (laughs) who are we not talking about him now i'm just (laughs) now javon he put out a tweet today that apparently west virginia has been uh raining love on him today because he just put out a tweet that said he loves people from West Virginia. They're the greatest people in the world. And so I just I, I thought that was cool. But, uh, I mean, we're looking at a team that just got Ricky Rubio because they need point guard help desperately. So I think he fits in there. I just hope he gets playing time and he doesn't get shuffled to the G League. Um, because, I mean, there's room there. They have a lot of offense and no defense really on that team. So they need somebody like him to lock down the point. Um and play a solid backup role. I hope he really gets minutes there. I hope they give him an opportunity. I mean, if you're winning 19 games a year, why wouldn't you give everybody a shot? So, I mean, exactly. I think I love Javon. So, let's go Mountaineers. I think it's a great addition for the Suns who need players with heart, uh, players that will lead their team per se. Rubio, uh, when you when you watch him play when he was at Utah. He he played well within the playoffs. Uh, 
I wouldn't say that they lost uh, certain teams. I'm pretty sure they lost to OKC two years ago. I and mean, it was just like Rubio still played well. He got hurt. He broke his nose, still played. Um, Javon Carter plays with heart. I think it's a good pickup, but it, it could also be something where the Suns may dish him off somewhere else. Uh, but if he will be in Phoenix, I think it's a great addition. I think he could compete with, uh, with Rubio in a sense over time to even get more PT uh, just because Javon can hit the shot. He can the layup. He can play press D. He can kind of do everything as a guard. And I think that's the difference between why he's in the NBA. And I think he's going to be a player within the NBA <coughs> between any other W players that we've watched over the last 15 to 20 years. Uh, so um, I'm proud of him. I hope this is a good opportunity for him, but we'll see. This could just be another stepping stone for him within his career. Uh, even if he does end up in the G League, maybe that could be the be the best for him to get more playing time. Uh, or who knows? I mean, Rubio could get hurt. He could start. I mean, he he could end up in practice and have a, a connection with Aiden. Who did uh, Phoenix draft this year? Uh, I do not have the draft in front of me. They drafted somebody because that's what they're supposed to do. Okay, I'll look it up real quick. I'd like to make a point while you're looking that up. Uh, We haven't mentioned the Utah Jazz once on this show other than in passing. Um, Jared Culver and KZ Okpala. Can we talk about Utah and can we also talk about Houston? Can we talk about how Houston didn't get rid of anyone? (laughs) Well, Utah. Don't don't put me anywhere near Houston because you know what I'm going to (laughs) say. Oh, that's our podcast. <laughs> cover, cover Utah. They got Bogdanovich and from Indiana, and they got uh, uh, Mike Conley. Mike Conley. So, my my brother, my brother who hasn't given me anything from his NBA salary all these seasons. <laughs> well, I mean, they got rid of Jay Crowder and Grayson Allen, which is probably a good thing. So, I mean, I think Utah has done really well to not lose that much, but really keep a core and add to it with scoring at places that they needed scoring. Um, Really giving Mike Conley to take the pressure off of Donovan Mitchell or just allow Donovan Mitchell to blossom even more, knowing that he has that guy beside of him uh, to work with. I mean, I think it's a great offseason for them, and they're growing. Um I think it's just, it needs to be mentioned in a, in a free agency podcast how good of an offseason they had because I think they had a top three or four uh, offseason. Um, and then, as you said, Houston, I mean, it's tough for Houston whenever you have Capella, who is an okay, he's a, I would say, slightly above average player at a position that is not super important in the NBA right now. At a fairly large contract, you got Chris Paul, who's an aging point guard who's only going to get paid more in the second, third, and fourth year of this deal. Um, so, as you said, he might the Lakers might be dumb enough to take him just so they sell more jerseys and tickets and have Kawhi, or have Chris Paul and LeBron play on the same team and what whatnot. Um, but, I mean, I think Houston really uh, made its own bed. Now they're laying in it because they kind of went all in the last two years to beat Golden State and then just – just didn't succeed right so that's kind of what you do sometimes you go all in and knowing full well that yeah for the next two or three years you're gonna have to deal with the decisions that you've made 
Um, however, you know, you're going to also at the same time, if that, if, if you're willing to do that, I respect their decision to, you know, go all in because that's what you got to do whenever you see a juggernaut and you feel like you have a shot. So, I mean, and then as you said there a little bit ago, Suns got Jarrett Culver from Texas Tech, uh, and then Cameron Johnson from uh, North Carolina, I believe. That's the guard who has the big bushy hair. No, that's no. Kobe White. Kobe White was the guy. He that went got to the Bulls. Excited. Ah, uh, Kobe went he's to the, the Bulls. He's the one that got. He's the one that got excited because Cam Johnson got drafted. Okay. Good. He said he got a, he went eleven. So good. good. Yeah, the Suns. The Suns drafted KZ Okpala. Unless they traded him, did they trade him? Who? Who's this? In the second round, they got they did Jared Culver at six, but in the second round, pick thirty-two, they picked KZ Akpala from Stanford University. Oh well, they also got uh, the Timberwolves traded Cam Johnson. They the Timberwolves uh, Cam and okay. traded him to the Suns. By the way, they also traded future All Star Jared Culver too. Wait, terrible, terrible trade. They traded Jared Culver. Oh, Suns are yeah, Suns traded. Oh, Jared that's Culver. what they. That's who they traded yeah. for the Cameron. Oh wow, uh, Suns, <laughs> I'm a firm believer the Suns just traded the future All Star. That's who right they. There. That's who they traded for Cam Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Jared it also Culver says a good on, player. It also says on this Suns are currently in discussions to trade this pick. It doesn't say they did. Yeah, I think that's an old one. But but I, I, yeah, old one. I, I was reading it earlier. That trade did happen. But, oh, okay. Yeah, the trade did happen. That Culver is not was not the pick. Culver is on um, Timberwolves. Was on the Timberwolves. So that's crazy. <laughs> Breaking news that happened two weeks ago. So, so Javon is a—he's uh, definitely going to have a chance as long as they keep him around. That's the main thing yeah. we're concerned about here. Cam Johnson's the point power forward, and he's not taking any minutes. If you guys want to go out to Arizona and get uh, some fifteen-dollar basketball tickets to go watch Javon play, I'm down. <laughs> I don't think they're that cheap, but I know what you're trying to get at. The Suns. The Suns. Oh, I hope they're that cheap. <laughs> Could be. Uh well, I think we're only down to like fifty four days until college football starts or something like that. Um, but we won't talk about that right now. Right now we're going to end our show um with how we have ended it on most of our podcasts, not all of them, but most of them with our Super Bowl picks. We've not talked <laughs> about the NFL at all this entire show. Um, but we are it is what only matters in life. Uh so we're going to go ahead and go with our Super Bowl picks. And since Kellen reminded me of this today, he clearly already has his made. So you go ahead. You would do that to me because I don't have any idea what I was going to say. I was going <laughs> to pass it to Dave. All right, Dave, you're up. You were thinking about it earlier. I, I prepped Dave, too, but I don't know if he ever got his together or not. Yeah, I got mine ready. All right, I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the New England Patriots this Super Bowl. I'm going to take uh... – Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson as the co-MVPs of the of the Super Bowl. And I'm also going to do an early MVP prediction. The MVP of uh, this year will be Drew Brees. Okay. Quite right. interesting. The Eagles are beating the Saints in the NFC title game. Yes. Uh, uh, no, I'm going to take the Eagles to beat the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC title game. To break and, my heart. And then Dave will not watch football for the rest of the year. No. Until college. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I won't. 
Well, I still watch Super Bowl. So I'll break my heart. But uh, I think the Cowboys will have a good year. The Rams, I think, will have a good year. I'm excited for the Brownies and I'm excited for the Steelers as well. And also, I think the Ravens, too, should be interesting. That's going to be a great division to watch. Oh, yeah. With the AFC. I mean, man, those teams are going to be great to watch. Uh, I could talk about this for hours, so I'll, I'll pass that more and I'll pass that on. <laughs> uh, all right, Kellen, that's all you, man. All right. For my Super Bowl pick, I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. Oh, <laughs> the Chicago Bears are going to go over. They're going to go over to Kansas City Chiefs for for their second Super Bowl championship. Yes, yes, I thought about that too. Yes. Oh, that'd be a great Super Bowl. Oh, man. Those teams, those players, young quarterbacks. Yeah, man. That that would be a Super Bowl worth staying up for. But who's the Bears running back? Uh, I'm so I haven't thought about football in so long I couldn't tell you. Jordan Howard's an Eagle. That's why I picked the Eagles. They got they got the other dude that uh, was stealing all the snaps last year to pass catcher. Uh, out of the backfield. Tariq Cohen. Cohen. Yeah, it's Tariq Cohen. I don't think he left. No, nah, they they lose him, but they signed somebody else uh, or they drafted somebody. I can't remember who it is. I don't. I can't use my phone. I think it's someone good. <laughs> Here, I got the other left. I can't pick my NFC team, but I think I'm just going to go ahead and. They got Mike Davis and David Montgomery. Yeah, David Montgomery. Oh, from Iowa Terry State. Cohen. Okay. Oh, yeah, David Montgomery. That's my. Ooh, that, that's one of my stuff. <laughs> no, he's one of my sleepers. I mean, he destroyed us at WU. His bowl game, he ran hard. He'll be a great Chicago runner uh, That with the actual real grass. Um, <laughs> and then he'll be a Jet. And, Eight years later. I really, yeah. really don't want to say this, but I've gotten lucky with the team that I hate uh, not being as good as they really were the last few years, mostly mostly due to the refs, I feel like. But I'm going to have uh, the Saints losing to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So I think the, the Chiefs and Patty Mahomes get their first uh, – we got to get his first of many Super Bowls, probably three or four of them. Oh wow! Okay. Um, but I think I think it's it's their time, and this is solely dependent on Tyreek Hill being allowed to play football this year. Obviously, my thoughts will change if that changes, but I'm gonna I, I'm gonna ride with the Chiefs. Um, I don't know, man. That's just it's just a special guy under center. And he doesn't doesn't feel pressure. Doesn't seem like, uh, it seems like he just he just knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And Andy Reid is such an underrated coach um, by a lot of people. Um, so I, I just think that he, they're going to put it together. They have to put it together. Andy Reid finally gets his first Super Bowl, right? Ooh, yeah. Well, yep. and he can did he win any as an assistant? It doesn't matter. Either. I don't think he did. But who who counts that, Dave? The Cowboy gets a ring. Boy, he he went through a great coaching tree. Uh, there's a lot of great coaches within the Again, I'm a guru. I'm I'm a nerd when, when it comes to these things. Uh, no person. Yeah, might have been Parcells. I don't know. Yeah, but we will talk about within our NFL podcast that we'll have within here in a couple of weeks, which I'm excited for. College football too, as well. Yes, sir. 
So, well, that'll wrap up today's podcast, unless you have anything else, Kellen. No, no, man. I'm just happy as always to be here. Happy to be able to contribute when I can because I, I get so lost on any other topic that's not NFL or NBA. I'm just happy to be here, guys. Well, it's, I'd like to wish you a happy July 4th because it's past midnight. Yeah, happy 4th of July, guys. Oh, absolutely. And happy 4th of July to everyone who's listening to us. I appreciate you guys having me as well and look forward to talking about football and college uh, basketball here soon. And we got uh, NBA and hockey will be starting up. And, man, the MLB playoffs will be coming up soon, shortly too as well. So uh, look forward to talking more sports with both of you guys and uh, appreciate everything. And for you, Callan, let's go Brownies. <laughs> I can't I can't really yeah let's go brownies let me just say hey, are we going to the Browns training camp we're, we're trying to figure out a date now so I definitely want to go to Browns training camp if that sure. happens can um can you guys take me to Canton so I can go see the mecca of, of my love <laughs> oh lord if we're going to Canton we're going to take some we're going to take a couple days yeah exactly Canton ain't a quick trip I tried you're, to do that the first I, time I was I was like oh Canton's right there like you ain't going to go to Canton and like leave in an hour i'm like yeah it's a good point you guys will see me have 10 breakdowns of crying and singing jerseys and super bowl trophies. <laughs> <laughs> hey i'd be right there with you buddy right <laughs> all right well again thanks for listening if anyone's still listening through all this bullshit um they're here they're here for you lane subscribe listen like Kel and tell them where uh hyphenpodcastgroup.com uh, hyphen podcast group is uh Morgantown, West Virginia based podcast collective bring great podcast to the people. Yes, sir. Absolutely. West Virginia based, West Virginia owned and local too. Appreciate what you do. I, I try my best. <laughs> and that's hyphen spelled out H Y P H E N, not just the actual hyphen sign. Yeah, if you if you type dash podcast group <laughs> Don't I have no idea where that's going to lead you. You're kind of an idiot. <clears throat> Let's but, go, Mountaineers. Let's insult the listeners. Good job, Lane. <laughs> All right. All right, Kellen. Have a good night. Everyone have a good night. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace. Later. Amadeus Prowl here, host of the I Black Man podcast, member of the Hyphen Podcast Network, and now host of a podcast called Fresh. Now, a simple man. I like subs to dubs, manga to anime. Now, the way I feel is, doesn't matter what the press says, doesn't matter what the politician, hell, even the feminists say. Doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something is whack is dope. This podcast was founded on one principle above all, the requirement that we stand up for what we believe in, no matter the consequences or the odds. When the internet, when the press, and the whole world tells you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree between the rivers of continuity and canon, look them square in the face and you tell them, no, you move. Podcast called Fresh, 
coming to you guys. Hype Podcast Network. Check it out. Coming soon. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and comment. This has been a Hyphen Podcast Network production. They're the bestest. I'm getting paid at exposure. Do you want to start it? Do you want me to start it? It's your show. It's Lemon on the Edge. <laughs> so? Lemon on the Edge. <laughs> that needs to be the intro right there. <laughs> lemon on the Edge. Oh, my friend, enjoy that. <laughs> Take me to your leader. <laughs> Oh man, the Knicks got Alfred Payton, man. Oh, that's move. A huge pickup. I heard they got uh, Michael Scott today. Michael Scott is in uh, the office, Michael Scott? <laughs> yeah, it, was, yeah. it had him posing from the basketball episode. Nice. Oh, shit. I saw something today that said the Knicks aren't even going to make the regular season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't look like it does it, folks. <laughs>